0: Okay, uh, Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 14. In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider, for God has set the one day against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. And a verse that goes along with that is Philippians chapter 4 verse 12. Paul said, I know how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, Paul said it, Solomon said it. You know, there'll be days of prosperity, there'll be days of adversity. And uh, there are some people that could handle prosperity, but they can't handle adversity. There are some people that can handle adversity, spiritually, I mean, but when it comes to prosperity, they're gone. You know, when things are going good, uh, it's like the fellow one time, remember I was on a preacher boy program where the pastor would give me, years ago when I was in seminary, the pastor gave me assignments to go visit some people that stopped coming to church, went and visited this one guy, and... uh, I said, you know, we we haven't seen you in church. What's going on? He said, well, you know, know, Sunday's the only day I got off and I bought this boat, you know. And Sunday's the only day I could take the boat out, you know. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is the word worship. You know what the word worship means? Worthy ship, worthy ship, a worthy vessel. So he had no time to worship. Because he was in his ship. He was worshiping the wrong thing. He's worshiping his boat. And uh, it, uh, it's sad how, you know, here God gives him the money. You know, some of the boats, I remember Dave Ukash took us out one time. We're on vacation. He took us out to, what was the name of that lake? Uh, some big lake out there. It was a beautiful lake. and With Deep, Deep Creek? Deep Creek. Deep Creek Deep Creek, Maryland, and uh, a lot of rich people there, a lot of boats, and they had the, all these boats for sale, a little boat, just a little boat, you know, $20,000, just a little thing, you know, and then some of the, some of the bigger ones, the $30,000, $60,000, you know, and uh, it's unbelievable, you know, so God gives him the money to buy this boat, but now he don't have any time for God, right? How sad it is. So some people can handle prosperity and some people can't handle adversity and some people can handle adversity and some people can't handle prosperity. So this morning we talked about the dangers of prosperity, the dangers of prosperity. Uh, And the first danger is that we forget the Lord. We forget uh, him from whom all blessings flow we forget that he is the one that has given us all these good things from heaven to enjoy. We suggested that in the days of prosperity, people often fall into immorality. Uh, And so because of extra time that they have, and uh, so we showed the illustration of David who had time to... uh, get involved with Bathsheba because, you know, he wasn't out there in the fields with the men. And the, probably the worst thing he ever did was listen to the advice of his soldiers. He could have still went out in the battlefield and just been careful, kept in the back. You know, not, not uh, got totally involved in, in the hand-to-hand fighting. But, you know, uh, they talked him out of that and he wound up getting in trouble because of it, I believe. Uh, Often, prosperity brings pride. We forget, it's God that gives us the health to work. It's God that gives us the wisdom to gain income sometimes. It's God who allows us to prosper. You know, and the devil said, I got Job's number. Take everything he has, he'll he'll curse you to your face. Well, he didn't do that. But boy, he got grumping and complaining when the devil t- started afflicting him with sickness and all the rest. But, you know, <clears throat> the devil just assumes that uh, those who have a lot are going to get proud and arrogant. And most people do. Hezekiah got proud in the days of his prosperity. Now I want to talk to you tonight about adversity. Adversity. In the days of prosperity, be joyful, but in the days of adversity, consider, for God had set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing in him. Uh, What lessons can we learn from adversity? Uh, All right. um, First of all, adversity, God often brings adversity into our lives to teach us humility. Humility. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. Many times, God brings adversity into our lives to teach us humility. Uh, and this was what exactly would happen with, with uh, Paul the Apostle. Uh Paul said, God brought physical adversity and sickness into his life. It says, lest he should be exalted above measure. And notice in Second Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations that were given to me, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, but it, that it may depart from me. And he said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in infirmities, that the power of Christ may dwell, may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, I am strong. Uh, Paul, you know, if you remember Paul, when he was first called to uh, go out and represent the Lord through his uh, ministry and of plant, church planning, and a fellow by the name of John Mark, he went with Barnabas, another guy by the name of John Mark, who was related to Barnabas, and in the middle of their travels, for some reason, John Mark decided to leave. He just decided to leave. We do not know what happened. We don't know why he left. Uh, but he left and he went to Jerusalem. His family was in Jerusalem. So apparently he went back. He didn't go back to Antioch. He went to Jerusalem and he left the work. Now, later on, when... Barnabas and Paul, or Saul he was called then, wanted to go back and visit all the churches they planted. Barnabas wanted to go ahead and take John Mark. Well, Paul said no, because he left. He didn't show himself faithful. When When we were in the middle of our journeys, he left and went home. And he hasn't proven himself. And Barnabas... And Paul had an argument about this. They had a conflict about it. And Paul said, "No, he didn't prove himself. We we can't take him because he left in the middle of our journeys." And Barnabas said, "Well, look, you know, give him a chance. You know, Barnabas, his name means son of consolation. Wow. He was always uh, he and Mona, he, he, that's his spirit. That's and and Paul." Uh, it was more black and white. This is right. This is wrong. This is, you know, he didn't, he didn't prove himself. He, he's not worthy of taking. And they were fighting, not f- arguing, or there was a contention between them. says that the Bible says so great was the contention that they couldn't go together. So Barnabas goes one way and Paul goes the other way. And, you know, in this life, we're going to have conflicts. In this life, we're going to have disagreements. But, you know, later on, Uh, Paul did get together with John Mark, and, you know, it was, all right, it was a, they agreed to disagree, but it wasn't like, you know, Barnabas became an enemy, and John Mark became an enemy, it's just they couldn't agree on on what they were going to do there, you know, and there was no, lasting, what should I say? You know, some people, they they, they have a disagreement. And boy, I'll tell you, they don't talk to each other for years and years and years. And, you know, they t- it's sad, but that's sometimes what happens. Now, the Bible says this, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And then Paul went on and uh visit all the churches he started. Maybe, uh, you know, it might possibly be, we don't know. But when Paul became sick, and we don't know if he was sick at this point, he was younger, but as he got older, God gave him this affliction, a thorn in the flesh, a weakness of the flesh. It may be at that point, God gave that to him to be easier on others. We don't know. We read that later. In fact, it does say, For you're made strong through this weakness. He said, God gave me this infirmity lest I should be exalted above measure. You know, and uh, maybe later when Paul had been afflicted with this thorn in the flesh, he, he had a little more empathy with those who had some weaknesses. We read later in his ministry, he reconciled with Mark, started working with him again. Now, those who never suffer themselves find it hard to understand those who suffer. Amen? Those who never suffer themselves sometimes get a little, you know, like Job's buddies there. You know? They say, well, Job, there's got to be something wrong with you. Now, Job, what did you do wrong? You know? And, uh, so the Lord told Paul that he needed this affliction, this weakness to mellow him. Suffering brings humility. Suffering softens us. You know, I remember years ago visiting a pretty tough character in the hospital. He had cancer, he was suffering. And, you know, I went there to visit him, tried to win him to the Lord. You know, almost there, he was almost in tears. He said, preacher, this is the most humiliating thing I've ever experienced. He said, I can't even go to the bathroom myself. And this this guy was, I remember remember one time we're having a problem with our well pump. And I wasn't sure if it was bad, so I took it to the guy, he had helped us put it in. And he took that well pump and he took a, a, wires, the, one, the 112, the, uh, not a 220, but a 112 wire, and he took the, the one, and he, I saw him grab it like this, and he took the other, I saw him grab it like this, and he put the two together, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> he laughed. I don't know how he did that, I, maybe Gary, you know, but I, I just don't know how in the world he was able to do that. I mean, I could tell it was stinging him, you know? Because he was going like this, and he put those two wires together. You know? The guy sold me my double-wide trailer. And I was trying to help him set it up. So the guy is in his 70s. And he grabs two blocks, you know, I don't know what they are, like 40 pounds each. I don't know what those two, two concrete blocks. He picked he picked two of them up, and I picked up one. He said, What's the matter, preacher? <laughs> And here I am, 30, and he's 70. And this is the kind of guy he was. But to see him so humbled in that hospital. And you know, I said, I said, why don't give your heart to the Lord? Now's the time. Look at, don't you see? And, you know, I prayed with him and he agreed with me he needed to get saved, but he just was so proud he wouldn't pray out loud. Now, I don't know if God ever saved him, I, you know, I mean, but he just wouldn't pray. Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and I never heard him pray out loud. He, he's just one of those tough characters, tough, one of these hillbillies around here, you know, they got these hillbillies, and just one of these tough characters, but, you know, sickness tends to humble us, and, and, uh. Adversity teaches us to depend on God. Turn to Psalm thirty-four, verse seventeen. Adversity teaches us to to depend on God. And Psalm thirty-four seventeen. And the righteous cry. And the Lord heareth, and delivereth them uh, out of all of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken." Evil shall slay the wicked and they that hate righteousness shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Notice in verse 18, the Lord the righteous cry unto the Lord verse 17 and he heareth. The Lord is nigh unto them that are brokenhearted. You know adversity teaches us to depend on God for deliverance and help. God often brings adversity and trials into our lives so we can trust him. <clears throat> Many times our enemies rise up against us and we find ourselves crying out to the Lord. God will show himself strong when we cry out to him. All right. <clears throat> adversity in this life are reminders of the wages of sin. Adversity in this life are reminders of the wages of sin. And Job 5, verse 7 says, Yet a man is born unto trouble as sparks fly upward. And Job chapter 14, verse 1, Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. All right. And Psalm 90 is a great psalm that teaches pretty much what we're saying here. Uh, All the trials of life are to prepare us for the fact that our days are numbered. Our days are numbered. And we need to remember this that in Psalm 90 and verse 7, it says this For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath we are troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sin in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, we spend our years as a tale that is told. For the days of our years are, are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet there is strength, labor, sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, this was, if you look at the title of this psalm, A prayer of Moses, the man of God. This was Moses observing the 40 years of punishment that God inflicted upon his people. And imagine all the funerals he visited, all the funerals he saw. A million people died in the wilderness. A million people had to die because they would not go, none of them could go into the promised land except for Caleb and Joshua. And even Moses uh, failed to qualify. He said, we, we, pass, we, we spend our days in, in thy wrath. We're consumed by thine anger and by their wrath, we are troubled. You know, I don't know what it is, but our contemporary theology, the contemporary church, the mindset of the average person in, the, day, in the, the, the days that we live have no concept of the fear of God. You know, God is love, 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 God is love. But you know, there ought to be some fear for God because you know what? He's got the power of life and death over you. And those children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years, they all died. And here's Moses saying, we're consumed by thy wrath. Now, every time you see, look at every time we get sick, and we so often get sick, whether it be a cold, whether it be a virus, whether it be a pain, whether it be whatever, when we get these sicknesses, this is all part of the wrath of God because of our sin. You know, Jesus took our sins, but the thing is, think what it would what it cost him to take our sins. It says, he laid upon him the iniquity of us all, and by his stripes we're healed. Well, that's talking about the resurrection, folks. But in this side of the grave, we got some problems. You know, we're falling apart. Uh, the second law of thermodynamics has taken pl- its place on us. You know, we look at our vehicles, we see how they're rusting. You know, you ever see that? Doesn't it bother you when your vehicle's getting all full of rust? You know, well, that's what's happening to us. The same thing is happening to us. The same thing that causes that rust on your vehicle is what causes the aches and pains in your life. And the older you get, the more rust, you know? Yep. And, and what's it called? Oxidation? oxidation? Yeah, it's actually the same thing, yes. you know? And usually... What happens, uh, you know, you see this on your car, like my, my old truck, the, if something, gets bump, something hits the bumper or something hits the, uh, yeah, the bumper and all of a sudden the chrome came off and that rust started and then all of a sudden the rust goes all the way through and I got a big hole on the, the bumper, you know? And that starts happening on the fenders, you know? Too bad we don't know a place where we could get overhauled. You know our bodies. You know, I used to say to Mary Warner, "Mary, I'm going to send you to Texas. I know a doctor down there that could could uh, could give you the cleanse <laughs> and re, re you know do great things for you." But they put him in jail, by the way. You know, because he was he was helping too many people, so they had to put him in jail. You know, and yeah, so but we're consumed by thine anger. You know, this life is filled with trials and problems and difficulties. And, you know, it's like that piano tuner I talked about this morning. He's 82 years old. He says, why in the prime of my life do I have to be going through this? And I'm looking at him, he's 82 years old. What does he expect, you know? And people just don't get it. They just don't get it, amen? You know, uh, Donna Hannah, my, my wife's friend from down in Philadelphia area, she says she's going to send me a birthday card. I said, don't bother. The one you sent when I was forty is good enough. I have it hanging on my my bulletin board there, and what I do is I just say forty. It says, oh no, I'm forty, and a guy with gray hair, you know. And and so I knocked, I, I crossed out 40, and I got 41. I crossed out 41, and I hit 42. I crossed out, and it went. and I was running out of space, so I had to go all the way around. And next week, I have to update it. I said, so don't bother. So I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to show you next Sunday. I'm going to show it to you. I'll put it on my overhead projector. All right? And uh, I'll, I'll I'll cross it out before I sh- I take the picture of it. All right. So, but you know, what do we expect? It says if our days be what three score and ten. Ah oh, man. That's that's next Sunday. Three score and ten. If by reason of strength it be eighty. You're seventy-one next Sunday. Am I? Are you sure? Yes. I mean, you born in 1953, do the math. Is that 71? Yes. Oh, my. We're in 2024. 20, <laughs> <laughs> do the math. Did you fail? Math. <laughs> All right. I like the, I like the 70 better. I, you know, they're going to be like Jack Benny, right? I'll be in denial. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's when when did you guys get me the black balloons? 50. When I was fifty? Yeah. Sixty. Sixty. Was it sixty? Fifty? 50? We put those black balloons in the freezer. Yeah, I kept the black balloons in the freezer because I said it's like remember the story about the leaf? Yeah. Where the, the little girl said, When the leaf falls, I'm gonna die. Yeah. And yeah. I said, When the black balloons are deflated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give up the ghosts. So I kept them in the freezer. <laughs> and I had those black balloons for 10 years. All right, They lasted for 10 years. You know, it seems that some young people never learned a lesson of dealing with uh, adversity. And like I said this morning, the leading cause of death, one of the leading causes of death amongst young people is suicide. Some people get so discouraged that they see no hope for the future. When that happens, they just lose hope for life itself. The Bible teaches that God set a good day over against a bad day to temper us, to mature us, to have hope in this life is misplaced hope, which will lead to misery and despair. In times of trouble, don't get too down and this too will pass. If this, in this life, bad things will happen. Just expect it. Sometimes good things happen. You find out maybe when the good things happen, they're just not as good as you think. Sometimes bad things happen, you find out they're not as bad as you thought. God sets one against the other so we could learn not to get so comfortable in this world. God does not want you to live for the temporal life. I know how, both how to be abased and how to abound. I know in everything uh, how to suffer need, and have. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Paul said, I know what it is to have a good offering, and I know what it is to go hungry. I know what it is to have trials and difficulties. I know how it is to have good results. One city, you go to one city, you had good results. The next city you go to, there were stoning them at Lystra. <clears throat> we should consider that in this life we should find nothing after him. It says, God sets uh, the day of prosperity to be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider God sets one against the other to the end that man should not find anything after him. Why? Because God wants us to know this life, is this place is not our home. This is not our home. We, depend, we need to depend on him, we need to trust him, we need to hope in him. And, uh, and, 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 you know, this is, again, as I said this morning, temperance. We need to have temperance in all things. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> um, a lot of people just don't have temperance. You know, one of the things that I've noticed that people that have emotional or mental problems... The doctors give them drugs, and what happens is, sometimes they're really high, and then then when they come down off that high, they're really low. You know, I'm thinking of a fellow that you know, boy, he was all excited, man, he come on, wants to go, so and wants to do this, wants to do that, and the next week, he's he's in despair. He don't want to go nowhere. He don't want to talk to anybody. You know and that that's a spiritual bondage in other words the holy spirit doesn't do that god gives us a sound mind in other words we ought to think soberly about this life we ought to think soberly about our who we are let you know every man uh not to think uh, high, above him to think of himself more highly than he ought and uh, again this is the This is temperance. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So, folks, there will be good days. There will be bad days. And the Bible says, weeping endureth for the night. But what? Joy cometh in the morning. And, you know, there are a lot of people that can't look past, look to the morning. You know? And it takes faith. It takes faith to believe that somehow God's going to make something good out of all this adversity that you're going through and all these trials. Now, some people can't, you know, some people lose it when they're going through all these difficulties and trials, you know? And so we got the two dangers. Number one, the danger of prosperity, that you forget the Lord, you forget who, you know, that, he allowed you to have this blessing. He allowed you to have this prosperity. You get proud. You get arrogant. You know, you forget the Lord. And uh, I don't know who was telling me this morning that somebody, uh, there some famous people were giving praise to God and saying, look at, uh, thank God for letting me to have the ability to do what I did. And the, the news station or the TV station said, you can't say that on our TV show. You know we're not allowed to to talk like that. You know, keep it to yourself. That's sad. Keep it to yourself. That they, they want to give glory to God, and 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 the world doesn't like that, but because they everything is man, man, man. Give glory to man. And there are people that when bad times come, man, they're really they're ready to throw in the towel and forget God and abandon God. You know, these are the two dangers, and then the writer in the book of Proverbs was wise when he said, don't give me too much. Don't give me uh, lest I be full and deny thee or I be hungry and curse you. Feed me with food convenient. And uh, so let's, let's praise God. Amen. Amen. I thinking of a guy one time, very talented guy, very, you know, this guy could, he's always like struggling financially. I met with him one time. I said, brother, You've got a lot going. There's no reason why you should be having all these tr- difficulties financially. You know what he said to me? Preacher, I need, I need to be poor. I need to be poor. <laughs> because I, I, I know what it is to have money. I know what it is to, but for me to serve God, I, this is the way I got to live. I said, well, you just keep living that way because <laughs> I knew he didn't have to. I knew he didn't have to, but but he felt he had to, to serve the Lord, and I respect that. Amen? Let's stand in closing prayer. Lord, give us wisdom. Paul was such a great man, such a theologian, such a learned man, that you had to humble him. You gave him a thorn in the flesh, and... Uh, Lord, in times of adversity, let us consider whom the Lord loveth, he chastens and scourges every son he receives, lest we should be exalted above measure. There are many times you bring adversity in our lives. And then, Lord, let us remember when good times come, when you bless us with prosperity, you give us extra. It's a great responsibility on our part. For to whom much is given, the same is required much. Teach us, Lord, to serve you. I pray.